Good morning. Happy Monday. Welcome to O for Yours Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Amy G and I'm a recovered compulsive eater. Today's date is Monday, October 10, excuse me, Monday, October 17, 2022. Today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous and we are on page 35, the second paragraph starting with our first example is a friend we shall call Jim, ending in on leaving the asylum he came into contact with us. Unpacking that one paragraph only, please. Today's readers are, and thank you everyone, Team Monday for giving service, Vanessa G, Marge O, Elizabeth D, Nancy T, Newcomer Greeter Loretta M, Host Matt JF, and on announcements Janice PM. The ID for yesterday's special edition, Sunday special edition, October 16, 2022, is 19,520. That's 19520. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Elizabeth D. to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Elizabeth. Good morning, everybody. This is Elizabeth D. in Cincinnati, uh, recovering compulsive overeater. Um, the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe <coughs> excuse me, that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God to ourselves and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed <coughs> and became, <coughs> excuse me, and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, may direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, 
continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive readers and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. I will now ask for Nancy T. to read the 12 Traditions. Please go ahead, Nancy. Thanks, Amy. Good morning, everybody. 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nancy T. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. Again, this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute your phone. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study. In the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, we are in the chapter more about alcoholism on page 35, the second paragraph, starting with our first example is a friend we shall call Jim. 
and Vanessa G is going to get us started. Go ahead, Vanessa, can't wait. Thanks, Amy. This is Vanessa G, recovering in New Mexico. Our first example is a friend we shall call Jim. This man has a charming wife and family. He inherited a lucrative automobile agency. He had a commendable World War record. He is a good salesman. Everybody likes him. He is an intelligent man, normal so far as we can see, except for a nervous disposition. He did no drinking until he was 35. In a few years, he became so violent when intoxicated that he had to be committed. Upon leaving the asylum, he came into contact with us. So this chapter, um, more about alcoholism, is full of stories, all about what Bill W. calls the insidious insanity, the mental state that precedes the first drink, or in our case, the first bite. I've been told to look for the similarities in these stories and in my own story. And there's no doubt that Jim is my guy when it comes to identifying into Overeaters Anonymous. Jim is definitely me. I can completely recognize myself when later in his story, he tells in his own words how he lost his sanity, slipped back into delusion and denial, and convinced himself that he could safely drink alcohol. That's when I know that I am just like him. In the paragraph I read, we are introduced to a likable, intelligent man that appears normal, except for what the big book calls the nervous disposition. I'm not sure what people in 1939 meant by nervous disposition, but I'm pretty sure it was some version of restless, irritable, and discontented. Still, Jim seems to have the perfect life until he is 35 and starts drinking. Within a few years, he ends up in a mental institution as a result. Like Jim, I too appeared to have it all together when I was in my early 30s. Unlike Jim, I had already come into contact with recovery. I had almost two years of sobriety and another program and over a year of abstinence in OA. I think I was, I think I was fairly intelligent and likable. I had stable employment with a great career path ahead of me. I was a woman of normal appearance in a size five dress. But one day I went to a noon meeting in my other program. It was the last day of the month and it was a birthday meeting. And of course they were serving cake. I had a 301 food plan at the time. Unfortunately, that's all it was, a food plan, without any identified alcoholic ingredients or foods. And spoiler alert, just like Jim and his whiskey in the milk insanity, what was the crazy but oh-so-casual thought that crossed my mind that day? I thought cake could be considered lunch on my food plan. So I had a piece of cake. By that night, when I cleared the dinner table, I was secretly gobbling the leftovers from other people's plates in the kitchen. Over the next four and a half years, I ended up gaining 120 pounds and became so despondent that I couldn't function. I had to take a sabbatical from work and put myself in a 90-day treatment program. Just like Jim, I needed to be removed from society and given intensive mental help as a result of my addiction. Yes, I'm one of you, definitely a real compulsive overeater. Jim's story tells me so. And because I am a real compulsive overeater, I need the real solution found in this book. Thank you, every one of you on the line, for sharing that real solution with me this morning. And I pass. Thank you so much, Vanessa, for getting us started. Okay, we're going to take some names here for people that would like to share on what was read. Again, we're on page 35, the second paragraph, unpacking that one paragraph only. 
And um, for those who have shared on Thursday and Friday, although we value your experience, strength, and hope, if you wouldn't mind allowing others to share their experience, strength, and hope as well, we'd greatly appreciate it. So who would like to share what was read? Barbara S. Katie G. from Boston. Katie G. I've got Barbara S. Katie G. That's it. Jen. Rena L. Jen. Jen, Rena, Barbara, I've got you. Loretta uh, H. Jen, uh, Loretta. Ross M. Ross. Okay, does anyone I missed? I have Jen and Rena. I didn't get your initials there. I have Barbara S, KG, Loretta H, Russ M. Rena L. Rena, okay, got it. And it's Jen L. Jen L. Thank you. All right. We got a good lineup here. We go Barbara S, Katie G, Jen L, Rena L, Loretta H, and Russ M. Go ahead, Barbara. Your turn. Hi, it's Barbara. Very grateful to be on this line this morning. Uh, compuls- recovering compulsive overeater. I didn't start uh, eating compulsively until perhaps I was in my 20s after I got married. Before that, I lived, I was brought up from the time I was seven with aunts, and I didn't feel that comfortable going to frigidaires. I just didn't have an urge. After I got married, I felt this is the time. Subconsciously, I just felt I had the freedom to help my sadness, my anger, my feeling less than, and I used food. It became increasingly worse. I was in denial. I I belonged to the weigh and pay, and I didn't even look at how much I was weighing. Uh, I found some a card recently when going through my clutter papers, and it was way up. Um, I know now that I have a disease. It's 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 late. It's better late than never. I'm in my 70s. It just doesn't stop. Luckily, I'm not as as how could I say it? My condition isn't as bad as it was because I have program, I have tools, and I have my higher power. But this is a disease that doesn't go away. We just have to work at it. If we do all our rituals and what the big book says, it's fine, and we could live in some sanity. So thank you very much for this, for those who do service on this line and that this line is here as a daily reminder. God bless. I pass. Thank you, Barbara F., uh, Katie G., followed by Jen L. Go ahead, Katie. Grab the mic. Hey, good morning, Amy. Thanks for your service. This is Katie G., recovered from compulsive eating, anorexia, and bulimia. You know, I didn't come into the rooms um, with, uh, you know, a job and and a successful life and a successful family and whatnot. In fact, for years... You all heard me going through the steps, and you also heard me, you know, wanting external circumstances to be different. 
right? Like wanting the husband, wanting the blonde hair and the big boobs and the children. And, you know, what happened to me is the worst thing that could have happened to a drunk like me. I got everything. I got the husband. I have a gorgeous house in the suburbs. And I got two children. Um, It was hard, but God got me through. And I remember sitting um, in my room uh, where I pray and sobbing because I was a fraud, because I thought that all of that stuff fixed me. And somehow by staying recovered and getting the external stuff that I was just riding off into the sunset. And the truth is I had made the one mistake that I will, God willing, um, a day at a time, stay attentive to each and every day. And that one mistake is dishonesty, right? Like I thought being recovered meant that I was immutable. It meant that I could lie about my exercise. It meant that I thought it meant that I could ignore the second and third parts of abstinence, which means refraining from addictive foods, addictive food behaviors. While working towards or maintaining a healthy body weight, I was not. I lost 10 pounds, 10 pounds I didn't have to lose with my husband, with my girls. And the saddest part is the lack of proportion that my life took, right? Like exercise was my God. And I wondered, like I wondered how all of you on the line had this amazing contact with God. And I said I did, but I was so lonely. And I was lonely because I was lying. And, you know, last week someone said something and it still resonates with me. She talked about taking that extra bite and thinking I've gotten away with it. And she's like, but have you really? Have you really? And I didn't. I wasn't. And it took a while for me to surrender. It took a while for me to say I was not recovered to surrender my um, everything. You know, I didn't want to because of my ego. I'll tell you what now, my life is in proportion. I love my husband. I love my children. I am present for a life that is absolutely remarkable. But most importantly, I'm present for God. And any other role he assigns me, it's okay with me. So thanks be to God for 100,000% honesty and 100,000% God. Thanks. Thank you, Katie G. Uh, from Boston. All right, Jen L. followed by Rena L. Jen L., you got to press star one to unmute. Can you all hear me? Jen L., press oh, star one. Can you? I'm yes, sorry. Can you moderator. hear me? I'm sorry. What? Can you hear me? Uh, is this Janelle? Yes, I can hear you. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go I ahead. was trying to figure out how to unmute. Um. Oh goodness. Um. I was talking and didn't realize I was muted. But anyway, I'm grateful to be here. My name's Janelle. This is my first time at this meeting. I am brand stinking new to OA. Um, I'm familiar with 12 steps because I'm in another program, but um, I'm 
pretty new to the other program and just realized, well, not just like in an instant, but have been looking at my relationship with food and my body. And I think I belong here. Um, And I'm scared. I'm so scared because I'm overwhelmed by what this all might mean and how do I do it? Um, There is an in-person meeting near me. There's one in-person meeting on Tuesdays that I go to, uh, that I started to go to. um, And I I appreciate the reading. I appreciate the sharing. um, Because on the outside, my life looks pretty darn okay. Um, But on the inside, I am hurting really, really bad. And one of my coping mechanisms is to compulsively overeat. I can see that. I can see that that's been true my whole life. And I've tried every trick in the book to try to, you know, not have it get out of hand. But, um, and I'm not super familiar with with AA, but... um, There's something tickling around in my brain about um, the, the, you know, that it's just a symptom. My overeating is just a symptom of my disease. And um, I want to address the disease, but I, I have a hard time. I have a hard time. Um, integrating spirituality with believing that I have a disease. Um, I have a really hard time with that because my understanding of spirituality is that deep down inside, I am just as God created me to be. But as a human, I've turned to all sorts of ways to cover up this sense of defectiveness inside of me. And I want to learn how to heal the sense of defectiveness, but also, um, I guess, you know, put down, I I don't know how you put that. Okay. All right. With that, I will wrap up. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you so much, Jen. Welcome. Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous. Welcome home, as they say. If you hang out to the end of the hour, we will have announcements that detail uh, about how our meeting works. We're here Monday through Friday. Also, an opportunity for when you can give your name and phone number and when there's a good time to get sponsors and all of that information. So please hang out. Uh, we'd love to uh, get to know you better at the end of the hour there. Okay. Rena L, you're followed, uh, you're up after, I'm sorry, Rena L is up, followed by Loretta H. Just a friendly reminder, we are reading on what was read, second paragraph on page 35. Please go ahead, Rena. Hi, this is Rena L, a recovered compulsive eater and anorexic. Can I be heard? Yes. Okay, go thanks. Ahead. Hi. Good morning, everyone. Um, it's really good to be here. I was at a um, OA Big Book study all weekend, and uh, it's just 
feel very filled with the big book and very grateful. Um, and I can use more <laughs> of the same. Um, I so identify with Jim, especially as, when we get to the next page. I am a whiskey in the milk drinker and I'm a whiskey in the milk eater. Uh, and uh, what I wanted to share is just how much what I identified in this paragraph is how much when things look the best on the outside for me, that is sometimes when I'm the most dangerous, as someone else shared, I am, or when I'm the sickest and how easy it is to convince myself that I'm okay um, and, that's, and that I've got this. And then I go into, well, I should be able to. I should be able to eat what I want, or in my case, sometimes how little I want, or I should this. And it's like the more things look better on the outside, that's sometimes the sicker I am because what I'm doing to try to manage everything, whether it's my size or job or anything, it's, it's, it's more insanity. Um, and... Um, I don't know what else I want to say about that, <laughs> except for that that's just the truth of who I am and that my ego rebuilds itself very quick and that I need to keep coming back um, and surrendering on a daily basis. My ego and um, pray for my ego to be smashed over and over again. I'll keep coming back. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rena L. Okay, Loretta H., you're up, followed by Russ M. Go ahead, Loretta. Thank you, Amy, and thank you, everyone on this line, along with my precious God who saved my life, Loretta H. Recovered in North Carolina. And I just learned this, but this is really the story of Ralph F. And in the first printing of this book, it's another prodigal story. And I read the story, and he is... he doesn't start drinking until later, but he becomes a very, very serious um, alcoholic and almost loses everything. And my story isn't exactly like that, but at the end, he has the Bill story where he wants to kill himself. And that was my story, too. I just wanted to die before I came into the rooms in 2001, as I've shared. My father's dying, and I can't show up. And today, God willing, I have this program that makes me show up for everything, hopefully, um, with the presence that God will always give me what I need and everything is the way it should be. And interestingly enough, uh, when I moved to North Carolina in 2012 um, from New York City because uh, there was an economic tsunami, and we actually had to move because of economics. And I came down here, and it was a beautiful day. And I went to a coffee shop, and there were some half-priced bran muffins. So I decided I was going to take them home, and I took them home. I don't eat bran muffins, but I thought I could tell my sponsor that I could have one with a glass of milk. I don't even drink milk, so... I went to my first meeting, and I was going to pick up the milk after the meeting, and we read this story about Jim and the milk. Well, God has a great sense of humor because two and a half years later, I found those stupid brand muffins in my refrigerator, and I never touched them. And so I feel like I'm the prodigal son of God because of that story and just because he, you know, I... I am so blessed 
if I do the pause. I'm so blessed if I do the prayer. I'm so blessed if I go to a meeting because for some reason, God shines on me. I see God's face. And, you know, I didn't have the bran muffin and I didn't have that glass of milk that I hate. So with that, I pass. Um, Prodigal Loretta is here today. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Loretta. Okay. We have Russ M. Then we're going to take some more names. Please go ahead, Russ. Good morning, Amy. Ross Sam, recovering compulsive overeater. Good morning, everybody. Uh, so, you know, how many times I've been through the big book and this passage, and I didn't hear that that violent thing when he was drinking, and it just hit me walking out the door that, you know, I wasn't a violent uh, guy. I'm pretty much happy-go-lucky, but my, how would you say, I was nasty. I became nasty. There when 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 a progressivist of this illness hit me in 2009, like when it was full blown, whew, you know, I was so rough on my wife. My kids were little, you know, just a just a train wreck uh, or Tasmanian devil, whatever you want to say. There's a lot a lot of wake, you know. What I mean, left left, just nasty person, and I was, you know, I'm in. I, I was insane. I, I probably still am a little bit insane, honestly, you know, if I'm not working the steps. And I, I just think of this this thing with Jim, you know, happy-go-lucky guy, pretty good dude, doing okay, making a couple bucks. But when it came to drinking, he was buckwild crazy. And that's the way I was. I identified very deeply with this. And I could be still... Right now, close to six years of recovery, be the same way. I always say, if I veer from the, you know, degree right or left, I'm gonna, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. And uh, like I don't say that to be dramatic. I'm just, I'm not screwed up with this food. And it's, it's a miracle that I'm on this line talking about being free. And and it's also a miracle that I can look back and say I was nuts. Because kind of like what Loretta says, I, you know, I, I was going to kill myself. You know, I was going to kill myself, you know. And uh, I didn't think I was worth anything. And uh, through working the steps, I got a life back, man. And um, I'm, I'm able to enjoy what's around me in the moment. I don't have to be nervous disposition, boy. You know, I could throw it on God. I could work the steps, get the emotion down, get out of myself, help another person. And live free. Like that's what I identified with deeply. That just that nastiness. That this disease is. Um, you know what? It's a, It's not. It, it's evil. I really believe it in my heart. It's evil. And our only way out is through these steps in God. You know, through God, the steps are the vehicle to God. So, y'all, y'all, y'all have a good day. I love you. Thank you so much, Russ. Okie dokie. So we'll take some more shares now. Uh, again, we're on page 35, second paragraph. Who would like to share what was read? Jessica. Tony Ann. Darian K. Darian K. Who was that other person I missed? Tony Ann. 
Tony Janice from New Jersey. Okay, I got. Okay, hold on a sec, folks. I got Janice PM. I got Darian K. And there was that other person. I just wasn't getting the name. Tony Ann. Tony Ann. Tony Ann. Vasa O. I got you there, hon. Okay, Vasa O. Lisa B. Lisa B. Okay. I've got Janice PM, Darian K, the person I still have butchered her name, somebody Ann, Vasa O, Lisa B. Anyone else? Okay. So can we go back and um, I'm so sorry. Ann, somebody Ann, Tweeny Ann, something or other. Could you give me your name again, please? So there's. It's Tony Ann. Tony, Tony Ann. <laughs> Hi, oh, good no. morning. No All worries. All right, got it. Okay, super. So I've got Janice PM, Darren K, Tony Ann, Vasa O, and Lisa B. Anyone else? Debbie B. Debbie B. All righty. I think that should get us where we need to go. Okay, Janice PM, you are up. Please go ahead. Thank you so much, Amy G. Just unmuted. My name is Janice PM. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Yes, I identify with Jim too. You know, um, I had my own business. And then I started getting, you know, itchy, itchy, irritable. I was doing it for 31 years. I had enough, you know. I just had enough. Um, And, you know, my husband was charming. Yes, he was. A nice professional man. Um, my family, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> a little uh, confused. Um, I inherited this business from my dad, um, the daycare center. So I was like highly functional, you know, um, I could talk good, you know, to people, to children. Um, however, my mother used to say to me, Janice, you're so nervous. I used to say, no, I'm not. You know, and of course, um, by the time 35, well, I just started, you know, it's like the alcoholic. I just started eating. And I don't mean start from the beginning, because that was when I was eight, but progressively really going on. An alcoholic is just getting started. Um, and he, he, he keeps on going afterwards. So this man, Jim, he thought he was, he knew everything because after all, he asked those people, you know, what his problem was. And they explained to him the disease, the first three steps. Because he didn't get it that he was powerless. He thought, okay, I got the first three steps. I know I got knowledge now. I can do what I want. Um, am I in the wrong paragraph? Yeah, a little bit. But he was, he was, uh, and he was violent and nervous. Um, I guess what I want to say is um, underlying, he was restless, underlying. And if he was an alcoholic, the first three steps gave him the knowledge. But he failed. He failed to enlarge his spiritual life. I'm on step, I'm on paragraph three again. I'm, I'm so sorry. Um, I read this so many times, but, uh, you know, 
once he once I think I'm okay and I know enough about this uh, disease of mine, which is twofold. I'm physically addicted, but I'm mentally. See, I don't think he got that yet, that he couldn't do it himself. So the powerlessness is, um, you know, that it's underneath. It's underneath. He, he you know, self-pride, uh, his pride, knowledge, powerless, um, you know, emotional person. Oh, boy, was I emotional, no matter what oh. little thing happened. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Janice. Okay, Darian King, you're up, followed by Tony Ann. Go ahead, Darian. Oh, good morning. Can you hear me okay? I can. Good, thank you. All right, this is Darian Kay from um, the Berkshires in Massachusetts. Um, so grateful to be here with all of you in, in recovery. Um, just so blessed to be in this program, to know the answers and not try to fool myself. I think that's just, um, you know, so many of the songs that go in my head. You're fooling yourself. You don't believe it. And, you know, games people play. It's just, you know, um, it's, it's just all about those those crazy um, things that we that go on in our mind, you know, just being a part of um, the pay and way programs and I'm going to do this, you know, oh, today, it's Monday, yes, I'm going to do this today, wake up this morning with, you know, incredible gusto to just, um, you know, hit the ground running with whatever diet plan, you know, I might have in my hand. Um, food plan, I should say. It wasn't anything else but a food plan. Um, and then, oh, probably maybe by that evening, sometimes I would go a few days, but the weekend would come and it would be like, no way. This is not for, I don't diet on the weekends. That's deprivation. And why would I want to do that? So how could I possibly expect results? Um, and so the game just went on and on and on, and I just fooled myself. And thank God, thank God I don't need to do that today. I have the answer. The answer is this program, my higher power, and all of you. Um, that you walk me through every wonderful piece of my life, whether it is a high or a low. Um, yesterday I had a, well, two days ago I had a beautiful wedding. And not me, but, <laughs> um, you know, my boyfriend's son. And it was just spectacular. And the focus was not on the food at all. I had what I needed and the rest was glorious. And that's the gift that we can get as a result of this program. We can focus on the beauty of a day like that and not have to think about what am I going to eat? Oh, I don't want to eat that. Am I going to get this? Am I going to get that? Oh, look at those desserts. I can't wait till the meal's over. All these kinds of things. It's just, nope, just the focus on the people and the beauty of the, the beautiful landscape, everything, gorgeous. Um, so just so grateful that I can be uh, in gratitude today, and it's because of um, my higher power praying this morning that I can stay away from the food for another day and that I can um, do service and work my program the very best I can um, to stay stopped for today. So thank you so much for all being there. I pass. Thank you so much, Darian Kay. Okay, we have Tony Ann followed by Vasa O. Go ahead, Tony Ann. Hey, good morning, everybody. Thank you for your service. My name is Tony Ann A. from New Jersey. 
happy to be here this morning on the line on a Monday morning. Um, I, I wanted to talk about the word nervous. It said that um, he was normal so far as we could see, except for a nervous disposition. And when my sponsor um, taught me how to read this book, they, she suggested that I look up words. And so I thought I know what nervous means, but just I looked it up. And it meant easily, it means easily agitated or alarmed. Easily agitated or alarmed. So really, to me, agitated is like anger, right? And alarmed is fear. So that's what for nervous it means. For me, it's it's anger and fear. And I was the type of person who considered I had like an anxiety um, disorder. As a matter of fact, at one time in my life, I was even treated medically, like uh, pharmaceutically for anxiety uh, when I was going through a divorce. And I can relate to having that feeling of constantly revving up, revving up, and not being able to kick down with the anxiety. And so this program is such a miracle because I would say probably besides the relationship that I have with God being the number one thing that's changed in my life, I don't have that anxiety anymore. Um, I just don't because this program has given me the the uh, tools, I say, or, or I'm using any tools as in the steps, the steps that I can take that helps me to get rid of that anger and that fear. Yesterday, I moved. I was moving out of my boyfriend's house. I, I had moved in together. His mom wasn't able to tolerate. She's older. She wasn't able to tolerate me being there, and I had to move out. And um, he, was, he was the one that was going to pack up all the rest of my things. And yesterday, the movers were coming. When I woke up in the morning, um, he hadn't done any of the packing. And I felt so revved up going over there to meet the movers. And I had to pause. First, I had to make my connection to God. I had to pause. And then I had to uh, do a 10-step about it. I had to do uh, resentment and also fear inventory. And I used all of the prayers and the sick man's prayer, the third-step prayer, the seventh-step prayer. But I, I was able to go there and show up in a way that was functioning, and I was able to show up in a way where I didn't do any damage to anybody so that I don't have to make an amends today. But this program truly is a miracle. I mean, that's just one small story in my life. There's so many because this program shows up for me again and again as long as I choose to work it, and it really does work. Um, I no longer take pharmaceuticals for anxiety. Um, I work this program and really does fix all my problems. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a great week. I pass. Thank you so much, Tony Ann. Uh, Tony Ann A. Okay, Vasa O, followed by Lisa B. Go ahead. Thank you. Can, you can I be heard, Amy? Uh-huh. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you for your service, Amy, and everybody's service. This morning, I'm Vasa, grateful, grateful, recovered, compulsive Vita, calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And uh, before I came to my first meeting, I had a friend that had been uh, in the program, AA and OA, but OA, the food addiction was her number one addiction. And she was the one that introduced me to the program. She 12-stepped me for about a week, told me a little bit about the program, talking about food addictions. I had no clue. I had no understanding anything about eating disorders, about diseases. I had no clue. I thought I was supposed to control it. My, you know, not the food, which I didn't, I didn't know was a food addiction by myself, by my willpower. So I did that for many, many, many years, and I couldn't. 
So by the time I came to Overeaters Anonymous, I had the gift of desperation. But people would say to me, oh, that's a gift. It's a gift. How could it be a gift? I'm going to give up all these foods that I lusted and I experimented over the years, cut down calories. I, I played the game like Jim did with everything, but none of it worked. You know, I could not stop it. I could die, but I could never stop it. I always picked it up. But I can identify with Jim. He was, um, this man had a charming wife and family. So I had, you know, I had the husband, was very charming to me. And I had the house, beautiful house of the suburbs. We had it built. I had the children, one child after the other one, three beautiful children that I loved. But I could not put the food down, and it was getting progressive, and I was terrified. I remember thinking, it's going to kill me. I had a child. He was only three years old, and I said, this child is going to grow up with big, huge, fat mother, that he's going to be ashamed of me dropping him off at the school, or I'd be a very sick woman. So my biggest motivator was for that child and also for myself. So I heard I hope somebody's timing me. So I heard this was a physical, emotional, and spiritual program. And it is by the grace of my higher power, I was ready and willing to surrender. And I did get the vanity. I got the physical number one. And I was the happiest person in my life. God, my higher power, gave me the power, the strength to do three meals a day and to reframe, reframe, from the alcoholic foods, and that was a torture, going through the withdrawals. But it is by the grace of God, I became abstinent from my first night, and then I was going to leave the program, and my sponsor said, if you don't work the rest of this, I'll wrap it up. If you don't work the rest of the program, the steps, you're going to go back in the food. So I threw myself in the steps and the program, and I'll be here forever. Thank you for letting me share, and I'll pass. Thank you, Elsa. Lisa B., followed by Debbie B. Go ahead, Lisa. Good morning. My name is Lisa B., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in South Carolina. I always like to say every so often, I spell my name L-E-S-A, in case someone's trying to find me. Um, you know what? Uh, that nervous disposition Self-absorption, it's a bottomless pit. And when I start to focus on me, I become more nervous. I do. I start to think all about, I don't even know I'm doing it, and I have to be so aware of it. If I get a new haircut and I just start to look at it a little bit too much, it starts. It starts to spiral, and I'm thinking about it. I'm, that's where I have to remember I am different in my body and mind. Like maybe a normal person can do that, but it trips into a very deadly place, that spiritual malady inside of me. And I heard the new person share today, and I just want to say welcome to all the newcomers. Welcome. I remember going to my very first OA meeting, and I really wanted to hear a solution, and I hope that you are hearing a solution here. I didn't hear a solution in my very first meeting. I heard all about these other things like child abuse and I don't know, just other things that didn't even I couldn't even relate to. And when I found out about this meeting and I started hearing the recovered voices, I got a lot of hope. And I think that's the other thing that feeds into my nervous disposition is a feeling of hopelessness. 
And I always try to identify the reading with where I am today. Today I'm recovered, but that hopelessness can still step in. And it's when I start to think I've got to figure everything out and that I'm separate from my fellows. Um, Yeah, and that also I'm not feeling God's presence. You know, I'm not feeling God's presence, and I try and rely on my feelings. But I hadn't shared on this meeting in a while, and I just, I really wanted to share. Oh, I know what I wanted to say. This morning in prayer and meditation, I kept thinking, you know, please fill me up. And then all of a sudden I thought, no, help me to let you out. Help me to let you out. God is inside of me so that I can be useful and let God out. So anyway, that's what I wanted to share. I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful to be recovered and have the solution. I pass. Thank you, Lisa B. Okay, Debbie B., then we might have time for uh, one or two. Please go ahead, Debbie. Good morning, Debbie B., recovered compulsive overeater just outside of Salt Lake City, Utah. Um, I looked in my book this morning to see if I had written anything next to this paragraph, and the middle sentence uh, everybody likes him. He is an intelligent man, normal so far as we can see, except for a nervous disposition. And I underlined nervous disposition, and then off to the side I wrote, LOL, that's me. And when I looked at that, I kind of laughed, but it's not funny. Um, I didn't feel like it was funny. I've never felt like it was funny to, to always feel nervous and people... I've had many people say to me, you're so confident. I wish I could be confident like you. And they have no idea what is underneath the surface. And what is underneath the surface was made worse and worse with my eating. And years ago, my I had two, I had three little boys at home, and my husband deployed to Iraq for over a year. And we had no idea that was going to happen. Um, but he did, and it was so difficult. And I remember opening the cupboards and just searching and searching and searching and looking and going to the grocery store and just standing in the candy aisle and just searching for some magical food that was going to make me feel better. And there were times that I would go home and be sitting on the floor, you know, in the bathroom, hiding away from my kids so they wouldn't see me, and eating these things that I thought were so magical that were going to fix everything. And I would go from one to the next and think, this this used to make me feel better. This used to make me feel better. Why isn't it fixing it? And after many years, and then dropping to my knees and just telling God, I will do anything that you say. I cannot do this anymore. I am so tired of binging in the middle of the night. I am tired of thinking about candy all the time, and it's not working anymore. And it was not soon after that, not long after that, that I was introduced to a 12-step program, not not OA. I'd never heard of OA, but through that program and then me Googling, is there one that's just for food? And finding the one that was just for food. And then Googling, how do I find a sponsor? And, and over time, being led to a vision for you five and a quarter years ago. And I no longer have to stand in the candy aisle and stare and say, what food is going to fix it today? Which candy isn't even really food. Um, my life has been transformed. And is everything perfect and wonderful? No. But it's so much better. And the the anxious me is, is so much decreased. Um, every time I do a tenth step, every time I talk to my sponsor, and she helps me see things in a different way, I am transformed. 
uh, one day at a time, one hour at a time, and I can't imagine what my life would be like now had I not started this program. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Debbie. Okay, we have time for one more share. Who would like to take us out? Don't be shy. We want to hear from you. Barb W. I'm sorry, there was somebody. Hi. Hi, this is Heather from Texas. Okay, I'm sorry. I heard Barb W. Barb W. Recovered in Illinois. Thank you for the meeting. Thank you, everyone who's sharing. Welcome, newcomers. And um, I was thinking about my eating was the worst thing. And it's the best thing because it brought me here. I would not have sought out a a spiritual program for for food. I, I didn't even know what I was looking for. Something other than me didn't know that. And I recall my sponsor when we were working through the steps that it's up to me, that, that it's not up to me. Um, I'm the problem. If I have a problem with someone or something, it's, 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 I'm the problem. And that's the worst and best news because then something can happen. Something can change and leaning into my higher power daily, going through the steps to enable the relationship with my higher power to deepen and broaden gel and become even more intimate and to pass it on to others to be a channel for a higher power to others. That's just all I want to say. It can be the worst and the best news. I'm grateful today. I'm calm today in, in, in spite of and um, in spite of whatever's going on, not in spite, that sounds mad. Um, regardless what is going on around me, I I have my higher power, and I have this program. I'm really grateful. And, again, welcome, newcomers. Um, I, that's all I have to say. I pass. Have a beautiful day, everyone. Thank you, Barbara. Well, we actually have, it looks like, to be about a minute and a half left. Anyone interested? Renee A. Renee, go Hi, ahead. This is you got Heather a minute 20. Texas. Sorry, Heather, I got Renee A. She beat you to the punch. Go ahead, Renee. This is Renee A. Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, You know, as I read this paragraph and I read about Jim's nervous disposition and the fact that he was violent when drunk and had to go to the insane asylum and, um, you know, just all of the stuff, Uh, he appeared so normal on the outside and yet, um, you know, was really really suffering. And, you know, as I'm reading this, I'm thinking this morning, that is just the, uh, it is the natural outgrowth of me trying to be my own higher power. I am not up for the job. I just am not up for the job. Um, And when I try to run my own life, the weight of that causes me anxiety. It causes me a nervous disposition. It causes me to need to eat and do all the other things that I do. And, um, you know, today I am so grateful that there is a God and I'm not it because, again, I'm just not up for the job. And what we see with him and so many of us is just the inability, the weight is too much for me to bear. And so very grateful, very grateful for somebody else to run my life because I 
on my own make a mess of it every time. So with that, I'm going to pass, and uh, you guys have a great day. Perfect timing. Thank you so much. Sorry for those I missed. Please share on our next our next hour. Greatly appreciate it. We will now close with a reading from the big book. Oh, I'd like to thank everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the share ID for yesterday's Sunday special edition, October 7th. I'm sorry, today. <laughs> I'm getting all messed up here. The share ID for today. October 17, 2022, 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 19,521-19521. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Marge O., could you please read a vision for you? Marge O., press star one. Marge, are you there? Marge. Amy, do you want me to do that? Yeah, that'd be great. Go ahead. Thank you. Okay. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize that we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is too sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.